Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Well, hey, welcome to Real Life Mentoring Podcast. We're Chris and Christina, and today we have a special treat. We will be talking with Steve Trice. So Chris, would you like to introduce Steve? Sure. Uh, Steve and I met in 2014. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, Steve, or not, but I do, because we were getting ready to uh, launch our nonprofit for mentoring. A friend connected me with you, and we were getting ready to get back on the plane to go to Austria, and I came to your office, and we talked. And so uh, almost nine years, so Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that you're willing to be on this podcast with us. So, Steve, tell us who you are by way of introduction and share whatever you want to. Who is Steve Trice? (laughs) Well, my name is Steve Trice, and I've reached the uh, primary age of, uh, I call it the three, uh, I'm, I'm entering the fourth quarter. My bride, Neanne, and I have been married for almost 51 years. Uh, we have uh, two grown sons, Jason and Cameron, and uh, they are married to two beautiful women, and uh, we have four grandchildren, three boys and, and one girl. And... Uh, I was blessed uh, 47 years ago to start the company Jasco Products in Oklahoma City. And uh, we started in the CB radio accessory business and have expanded that to all consumer electronic accessories. And uh, we're fortunate enough to, uh, back in 2004, to buy GE's home electrical products business. And so we're now in the light switches, dimmers, timers, and smart home devices. And we sell every major mass merchant in the United States. And uh, we have through 87,000 retail locations. We have offices throughout the United States, showrooms in every major retailer city. We have uh, about 40 engineers on staff in Shenzhen, China, and uh, an office in Hong Kong and an office in Taipei. Wow. And and I like to say that we steward the business for the Lord Mm -hmm. that owns it. Mm. Okay, you said you started in 1976, something like that, 47 years? 75. 75. So CB radios were really popular. <laughs> yes. Did you have a handle? Uh, <laughs> Do you remember? Uh, let's see, Breaker Breaker 19. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember my okay. handle. <laughs> All right. Well, if you just heard his introduction, it's quite impressive, but the thing I'm most impressive before we started recording, the thing that I found most impressive, Steve asked us, how do you want to, how should I introduce myself? He said, I just want to say I'm a child of God. That to me is the most impressive of all the ways you could identify yourself. That's how you want to be identified. So I appreciate that humility. Steve, we're going to jump in and the one the, we're going to get our, our conversation talking about the book that you wrote, A Friend Under Fire. And we've both read it. Um, it's a powerful, powerful story, one that resonates with us. But f- tell the listeners, why did you write that? And what, what's it about? Yeah. It's about a man that uh, I knew, and he was a chiropractor here in Oklahoma City. And I had been to him professionally, and I also knew that he went to our church. And uh, he seemed to be on fire for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, you walk in his office and Christian music playing, Mm. but he was in a car accident. Mm. And the car caught on fire, 
and it burned his hands. Wow. And he ended up being one of the few people in the United States that have had a double hand transplant. Wow. And, you know, all that sounds good, but a double hand transplant, you're not good enough with your hands to mm. still be a chiropractor. Sure. And he was in a small group in our church, and long story short, he committed suicide. Wow. And I interviewed his wife. I was curious as, as how did it all develop and how did it all happen? Mm -hmm. And one thing I know about small groups is we generally aren't completely transparent mm. before a small group. Sure. And we don't generally ask each other the tough questions mm. like, well, have you ever thought of suicide? Sure. You know, mm -hmm. you're in a very difficult situation. And we tend not to ask people those things. Mm -hmm. I had what I think is a very similar experience to Richard Edwards, mm -hmm. the gentleman we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I grew up in churches. My parents saw that I went to church. Mm -hmm. In my early 30s, I started experiencing a huge amount of anxiety mm -hmm. was running this company mm -hmm. and uh, fearful of bankruptcy, fearful of not being able to meet payroll, fearful of customer getting mad, fearful of everything. Mm -hmm. And I could walk in the office in the morning and people would say, hey, Steve, how are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just doing sensational. Mm -hmm. But inside... I was a mess. Mm -hmm. My anxiety led me to depression. Mm. And throughout my mid to late 30s, I was depressed an average of four out of seven days a week. Wow. Describe what that looked like for you. You said you were still working. You were, how did that impact you? I was just down mm. and in despair. Mm. And you couldn't see it on the outside, mm. but I was on the inside. Sure. And the average person that would, you know, if, if I'd share any of it with them, it was, what do you mean? Mm. You got a beautiful wife, uh, two wonderful kids, a thriving business, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, everything's going your way. Why, I mean, you're, you're living the American dream, fella. Mm. But inside, I was a mess, and I could not control it. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and I went to two different evangelical churches and I prayed to receive Christ at both of them. This is over a period of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the last one, I was told by the pastor that I needed to come back the next week and go to class 101. And then after I completed 101, go to 201 and after 201, 301. Mm -hmm. And he said, life will really start to change for you. Okay. Well, I went to 101, 201, <laughs> 301, and my life did not start to change. Okay. I was studying philosophy. I was studying the Bible. I was trying to figure it out every way I could, mm -hmm. but I couldn't get there. Mm. And then I was invited to go to the Christian Businessmen's Connection Metro Prayer Breakfast. They called it the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast back then. And I went to the prayer breakfast, and a man told a story fairly similar to me. He really related to me. Mm -hmm. And I prayed cr to receive Christ mm -hmm. a third time mm -hmm. that morning. Mm -hmm. And I checked the box, and about two hours later, two men showed up in my office, a, a doctor from Oklahoma City and a judge from England. Wow. <laughs> and my assistant came in and said, they're out here in the foyer, 
And I said, terrific. Uh, she said, they said they had breakfast with you this morning. And I said, yeah, me and 1,400 of their best friends. <laughs> and uh, I said, but they're, they're bound to be from that organization that put it on. Uh-huh. Send them in. Mm-hmm. And it took uh, Dr. Herman Reese about five minutes to get around on my side of the desk with me with a little track called Steps to Peace with God. And he walked me through it and helped me pray one more time Mm. to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me if, if, if I would be willing to start meeting with him. Wow. And I said, well, Dr. Reese, I don't have time for one more meeting. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, what are you doing at 6.30 a.m. next Wednesday morning? Wow. And I said, I don't have an excuse for 6.30 a.m. And uh, he said, well, I'll be here in your office. Will you join me? Wow. And uh, uh, every week for the next four years, mm-hmm. Dr. Reese and I met. And then he introduced me to another gentleman, Dan Williams, who was with the Navigator Ministry and every Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. for the next 12 years, we met. Mm. When I started meeting with Dr. Reese, life started to change because we got to know each other. Mm -hmm. I share my deepest thoughts and Mm -hmm. problems as I learned to trust him. Mm -hmm. He would take me biblically to the issues, Mm -hmm. taught me to memorize scripture Mm -hmm. about my issues, uh, taught me to meditate on the word mm. of God day and night, mm-hmm. as as we're told in Joshua 1, 8 and mm-hmm. uh, Psalm 1, 2, and 3, to meditate on the word day and night. Mm-hmm. And as I started to do that, my life started to change. Wow. And I can't even spell the word depression mm. anymore. Mm. You've not dealt with it in all these years later? I still deal. My nature is I I have... Uh, my number one, I call it my number one sin issue, Okay, is anxiety. Mm. The scripture says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Yeah. So it's a sin to be anxious. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety leads to depression. I learned how, with the scripture, to check my mm-hmm. anxiety mm-hmm. and to ask for forgiveness every time an anxious thought comes to my mind. They still do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's my nature. Mm-hmm. Some of us are angry. Some of us are lustful. Some of us are, you know, we mm-hmm. all have nature issues. Mm-hmm. Steve, is this fair to say something that I struggled with because of how I grew up and just such as dysfunction was the fear of loss? And uh, this is about five, six years ago. I was assessing what that is in my life. And one thing uh, I realized, well, God showed me. The fear of loss used to live with me and control me. Now it merely visits me. Is that fair to say how depression Absolutely. works with you? Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference. When, I, when God showed me that, it gave me so much hope because I would beat myself up and go, but I thought I was over that. And the Holy Spirit said, Chris, you are. You've moved beyond that, but the enemy will still visit you with it but it doesn't live with you and control you any longer. Mm-hmm. That, that fits what you're talking about? Yes, absolutely. And I'll say one more thing uh, about related to Richard Edwards. Mm-hmm. I contemplated suicide in the middle of that depression mm-hmm. several times. Mm-hmm. And that's why I had such a heart when sure. I found out that he had mm-hmm. committed suicide. Yeah. What do you think the outcome would have been 
for Richard had he had two men show up at his office to say, hey, we want to walk with you. We want to disciple you. We want to be your friend. We want to mentor you, point you to Christ. How, how would his life have been different? Well, you know, we all have, we, we, we all have challenges that hit our lives. Sure. And, and many times big ones. Mm-hmm. And certainly his lost the use of his hands mm-hmm. as a chiropractor, mm-hmm. big one. But we also need individual help. Mm. You know, if, if we look at Jesus and his relationship with his disciples, mm-hmm. he discipled every one of those guys one-on-one, mm-hmm. in group of three, in group of 12, right. okay? And even at the end of three and a half years, where was Peter? <laughs> you know, Peter that denied him three times, that even after he'd seen him twice in, in his resurrected form, grabbed six of the other disciples and took them back to fishing, mm-hmm. you know? And then Jesus met him up on the, in John 21, Jesus met, him, met them on the shore. He fixed breakfast for them. And after they hauled in all those fish, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, how many fish? Yeah. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says 153 yeah. fish? Uh-huh. Hauled in all those fish. I know, I, by the way, I can see Peter down on his knees Mm-hmm. Counting one, two, <laughs> three, counting the 153 fish. Yeah. He's so proud of his catch. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. And he essentially said to Peter three times, I believe, mm-hmm. if you love me, Peter, go disciple men mm. like I discipled you. Yeah. Care for them. Mm-hmm. Those, you said two or three men that came to your office that first time. Two, two, two men? Mm-hmm. Yep. They were obviously intentional and assertive with you. Yes. Had they not been that way, do you think that would have, you would have been as open to them and your life wouldn't have been changed as quickly? No, they had to be. I mean, particularly Dr. Reese, uh, who was so intentional with me uh, to help me nail down the decision and then was so intentional to 6.30 a.m., mm. you know, giving of his time, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, he pretty much told you. He didn't, he kind of asked, but he pretty much told you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. How old would you, would you have been at that point? How old? Yes. Um, that was 1991. I was 43. Mm-hmm. Okay. How old was Dr. Reese? Um, Dr. Reese. Approximately. Was, he was probably 60. Five sixty-eight. The reason I ask that because I find in our work is uh, with, with mentoring, we f- I find very few men who are assertive and intentional with other men. No one's ever done that for them, and it's like all these men are waiting around for another man to come after them. Is that your experience? Yes. And that that's actually one of my frustrations, and maybe it's fair to say righteous anger, the passivity that has settled on men in our society really frustrates me. It frustrates me because I see it damaging individuals, the families, and it, it just trickles down from there at the church. And so to, the thought of having two men come to your office and to be intentional and assertive with you, 
Is it fair to say that changed your life? Absolutely. And I would take what you just said one step further. We're living in an age when large numbers of pastors are becoming burned out, frustrated. And I think it's because, for two reasons, one, their congregations look to them Mm -hmm. to solve the problems instead of each other, Right. okay? Mm -hmm. And most pastors have never been discipled. I, I, I agree in my experiences. Well, that's not a criticism. That's just, I think that's no. a, a simple mm-hmm. fact. They went to seminary and, and they learned how to preach and, you know. Yeah. And generally speaking, their quiet times with the Lord are getting ready for their sermons each week. Mm-hmm. One of the things we talk about a lot is that um, we believe that one-on-one discipleship, we say mentoring, has the power to change lives forever. And then what you've been given as a mentee, you have the opportunity to give away. And it, the multiplication effect, that changes the world. So how have you taken what those two men gave to you? How have you reproduced what they gave you? When, I'm going to go back about eight years ago before I graduated from uh, CEO of JASCO to chairman of the board. And our two sons are now co-CEOs of JASCO. Um, I was discipling two or three men a week, just like Herman and Dan Williams had discipled me. Mm-hmm. Two or three men, that was the number that I had time for. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my sons came to me and suggested that I graduate to uh, chairman of the board and they Uh, take the helm of of CEO Mm -hmm. in praying about that Lord do you have you know there is no retirement in the scripture right (laughs) Lord are you calling me to something else Mm -hmm. and it became clear that to disciple more men Mm. so I'm now discipling 11 men Wow. Because I had more time. Yeah. You're lacking one. Uh, Aren't there supposed I'm to be discipling 12? 11 men, and I'm getting to that, Chris. Okay. I, I have told the Lord that I'd really rather not have that 12th one. Hmm. Uh, he was a problem. And uh, But uh. if the Lord wants me to take on the 12th one, I'll take on the 12th one. What we hear most often as we... Uh, lead workshops on mentoring, and we are constantly casting vision for people to give their lives away through mentoring. The number one, I guess, uh, hindrance, people say, I just don't have time. And yet I hear how you introduced yourself. And I, I see when you were at the helm as CEO of JASCO, you were still discipling three people. How do you respond when people say, I just don't have time? to give my life away through mentoring and disciple. You know, I don't think Peter had time. He, he was a fisherman. Mm. Um, uh, God controls our time. Mm. And as I say to him frequently in prayer, all that I am is yours. All that I have is yours. Please show me this day what you would have me do with the time, spiritual gifts, talent, and treasure mm. that you have given to me to steward for you. Mm. Uh, uh, I didn't used to have time for a quiet time with God. Mm. 
I started praying to him mm -hmm. about at, at the suggestion of my mentor, mm -hmm. started praying to him about, Lord, I've got so much to do. When can I, what, I know you want to spend time with me. Mm -hmm. Show me. Oh, I started waking up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> On the third morning that it happened in a row, 4.30. Wow. I said, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> he said, no, I'm not. Uh, and uh, one thing I've learned about Scripture, there in First uh, John 5, 13 and 15, this is the confidence which we have before him, mm -hmm. that if we ask for anything, mm -hmm. according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we have asked from him. Mm. He tells us that he wants us to build our lives into other people. Mm -hmm. He wants us to spread the gospel. He commands us, go therefore yeah. and make disciples. Mm -hmm. It's as easy as getting on our knees and saying, Father, I hear your commandment. Mm -hmm. Go therefore and make disciples. Right. But I don't have time. Show me the time. Mm -hmm. Provide the time for me. Mm -hmm. He will. Yeah. I love that. A couple of things I want I want to mention. Uh, not I don't have the t you don't have the time, and and then we can learn how to get, go beyond that. But I think many times people hear something in church being taught to go do this. They don't know how to start. They don't know how to get going. And a, a second point would be they're so. Um, drawn into their own life they're struggling themselves so much that they can't even see the other people around them steve mm -hmm. make sense yeah. mm -hmm. sure. and so that's where we've seen the power of one-on-one -on -one is to go in there this man or this woman is really struggling but they really want to they really want to serve god and give their life away they don't know how to do it and they need some tangible tools mm -hmm. they need direction but they also need a trusted friend to walk them through some of their own junk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We find that all the time. Mm -hmm. And we have the, uh, I was taught and I have the opportunity to teach men how to hear, read, study, memorize, meditate, and apply the Word of God to their lives every day. Right. And hold them accountable for doing it mm -hmm. until it becomes habit. Yeah. Well, I love what you talked about and for the listener, I don't want anybody to say we're, we're speaking badly about the church. We love the church. No. We're all a part of the church. But this seems to be what miss, is missing. We can't just come on a Sunday, hear a good sermon, participate by listening, and then leave. Discipleship happens when we're making those connections with other people and giving our lives away. I, I love what Jesus told the 12 when he was getting ready. He told them two things, love one another and go make disciples, not build churches, <laughs> right. right? Right. And so I, I love that we're not saying, I don't want anybody to hear, we're not speaking ill of the church, but we're just saying it's missing if you just come to a Sunday service expecting that that's good enough. It's, it's not. It requires a disciple is different than a church member. There was a guy that wrote a book a few years ago called uh, Monday Morning Atheist. Mm. And the upstart of it was, People go to church with great intentions, sure. and the sermons are wonderful. But then Monday morning comes, mm. you know? Yeah. And we know that, you know, thinking about hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, those are progressive. Mm -hmm. 
The thing that you lose first is what you hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you walk into the office on Monday morning and you got all kinds of work to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't ask me on Tuesday what this last Sunday's sermon was about. Right. Because I'm not sure I'll remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's a true statement. What you hear is the first thing you, you forget. Mm-hmm. All right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, did you say something? Yeah, did I say something? <laughs> well, but if you if you hear it, and then if you read it and study it in Acts 17:11, Now, uh, Paul said, uh, now the Bereans were more of more noble character. It wasn't Paul. Anyway, the Bereans were more noble character than the Thessalonians because they received the message with great eagerness and then studied the scriptures every day mm. to see if what Paul said was true. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we gotta we, we gotta hear it, but we also gotta study it. Right. You know, right. Well, you hearing the gospel message secured your eternity, but it was those men coming to you so that you could read it and study it and memorize it and apply it that really changed the trajectory of your daily walk. Yes. Yeah. And I'll share with you that today, I have to say this all the time, mm-hmm. my greatest asset is not cars, companies, real estate, a house. My greatest asset is my memorized scriptures. Mm. Why? I believe that, but why? Because... God brings them to my mind, just like you and I are sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. God brings them to my mind whenever I need them. Mm. And I can meditate on them. Mm-hmm. And I can say, you know, when I have that anxious thought, mm-hmm. well, let's see, Father, you told me not to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for these mm-hmm. very difficult circumstances mm-hmm. that I'm facing that 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 are are trying my patience to make me anxious mm. you know mm-hmm. and thank you thank you thank you for them mm-hmm. and lord i cast all my anxiety on you first mm. peter 5 mm-hmm. you know and i give it all up to you i mm. surrender it mm. strengthen me i think it's another podcast but steve you talk about like god is tangible for you is that fair, or is fair to say? God lives in me. God lives through me. Uh, I'm continually in touch with God. Let me, mm-hmm. let me tie this up. I had a question I'd written down I wanted to ask you. As a successful businessman, what are some misconceptions people have had or may have about you? I hate to say this, Chris. I don't <laughs> know. Mm-hmm. Misconceptions that... Um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm sure there's people that think that uh, uh, he's a religious nut, um, you know, uh, but... Are you? Um, I'm, I'm a devoted follower mm. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I say that with, with humor. Uh, mm. I, I've told, in my family growing up, I was considered the religious one. And yet I've never been religious. Uh, it's, it's a relationship. And I came to Christ at the age of nine. And it really has felt that way my entire life, even all the ups and downs. But it's never been about religion. God has been so tangible to me. And that's one of the biggest privileges we have 
uh, for us mentoring people and to train other mentors is to make God so tangible, to make Christ so tangible for people that it has nothing to do with religion. Right. Yeah. Steve, we're going to wrap up, but the purpose of our podcast is we want people to make an authentic difference in the world. We talk about real life issues. What's one real life issue right now that you're currently dealing with, either you personally or professionally, or what's a real life issue that's facing you right now? Well, in the last uh, in the last two years, we'll just talk about this company for a second. Mm-hmm. In the last two years, uh, Donald Trump enacted uh, 25% tariffs on everything coming out of China, or mm-hmm. on most everything, mm-hmm. most everything that we do. So all of our costs went up 25%. Wow. Then came COVID and the shutdown of factories all mm-hmm. over the world, uh, uh, along with all of the logistical issues and not being able to get freight and uh, a, a container uh, that delivers merchandise to us was costing $4,000, went to $18,000. Wow. Uh, I mean, costs increasing dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, retailers were buying uh, 80% more uh, than they were selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, our, you know, getting our hands on merchandise. I have never seen the business more intricate mm-hmm. than it is today. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I have two sons <laughs> that are running it mm-hmm. and uh, because it's it's it is a huge huge challenge mm-hmm. uh, but God is in control mm. and I'm very thankful mm. for every one of those challenges mm. and and he's making us stronger mm-hmm. he's teaching us eternal lessons mm. uh, lessons that are going to benefit us for all eternity Wow. And you know, one, one thing for, for people to consider, you know, here I am at 75 years old and I look back and I say, you know what, seems like just a few minutes ago, I graduated from high school. <laughs> seems like just a few minutes ago, I graduated from college. Yeah. Just a few minutes ago, I met my wife and we had our first child. Yeah. And if all that's true, mm. where are we all going to be just a few minutes from now? now. Mm. You know? I have one final question, unless you have something else, no, Chris. No, good. 51 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. What's the secret? Um, and I continue to learn, and to what I said to you a little while ago about praying according to his will. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray every morning, Father, you have commanded me to love her mm-hmm. as Christ so loved the church that I would pour myself out for her, mm. even through death, death on the cross. Father, I don't know how Christ loved the church. Mm. Teach me how to love Nian as Christ so loved the church mm-hmm. that I would pour myself out for her. Mm. Teach her to love and respect me. Mm. And uh, um, it that to me makes a huge difference in our marriage mm. because I'm learning to be the husband that he wants me to be for her. Mm. I'm not saying that I am. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm continually learning mm. each day. Wow. Years ago, I remember praying for my wife. I remember praying this, God, please help Christina to love me more. <laughs> and I thought that was a legitimate prayer. And God <laughs> showed me one day, Chris, 
what if you pray this, that Christina would love him, God, more? Because when she does that, then I get the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. Direct benefit. And vice versa. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and I think about, you know, just think about that prayer and, and think about the church today. Mm. I mean, we're told that the church is mirroring the culture. According right. to Barner's research, mm-hmm. 50% of all marriages inside and outside the church mm-hmm. break up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the addiction rates are the same. The pornography rates are the same, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. What if every man in the church was praying, Father, Teach me how to love her. Yeah. What a change God would make. Right. Yeah. In those statistics. Mm. Chris, do you have any final thoughts, questions? Just that, you know, this podcast is called Real Life Mentoring. And I appreciate the conversation, Steve, because we're talking about real life issues. And all three at this table, we're all um, people of faith in Christ. But there's so much, not more, that's, it's, it is enough. It gives us eternal life, but it's hard living in this, wor- on this, mm-hmm. in this world sometimes. And we need people around us to speak honestly with us, to be assertive, to be intentional, and to love us enough. And something I, didn't, I meant to ask earlier, you have to receive benefits from the men that you also disciple and mentor. Is that not true? No question. And they are discipling others mm-hmm. who will disciple others. And um, Isaiah sixty twenty two, the least of you will become a thousand, mm-hmm. the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord in its time. I will do this swiftly. Mm-hmm. Just the thought, just, just the prayerful thought that God's going to take a, a, a guy like me. I wasn't a good student in in school, mm-hmm. I was a CD student. <laughs> uh, he's going to take guys like me and make thousands, mm. you know, because I'm discipling another man who will disciple, who will disciple. And another thing is, we never know when we're going to disciple the next Billy Graham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or when some guy we disciple disciples the next Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Steve, there's a young man in, in Austria, Vienna, Austria, where, where we lived for years. And I began mentoring him five years ago. And uh, we spoke on, we speak often, but we spoke on a Zoom call yesterday. When I first met him, I'm not taking credit. I'm just saying this was his situation. Uh, Kevin was a young man in his early 20s, sitting in the back of the church, didn't want to be noticed, not a lot of confidence, but was trying to follow God the best he knew how but totally, I think, overlooked. And through um, some events, we, we were both asked to help move a guy and a common friend to a new house. And we had time putting the stuff in the truck. And then the 45-minute drive to the new place, we had such great conversation. And he said, man, I didn't know guys would talk like this. Could we talk again? Mm-hmm. So fast forward now, he is in, not that you have to be on staff at a church, but he has matured so much spiritually which has impacted his, his marriage, his small children. He is truly a leader today. He's still growing. He's only 29, I believe. But he's not the same man that I met five years ago. And I get benefits from seeing that. I mean, I feel loved by this young man. I feel known and cared about. And so we talked about, I don't have enough time to do this. 
when I invest in other men one-on-one, I almost every time have some, receive so many benefits from it. Mm-hmm. It sounds strange maybe to many, but the kind of work that we get to do, I have a lot of good friends. We get to, we get to watch God change the way another human being thinks. Mm-hmm. He transforms them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's awesome to watch. We don't do it. Yeah. He does it. Mm-hmm. All we do is we're, we're facilitators. Mm-hmm. We have three girls, Steve. They're all young women, adult women. And we've always cultivated this culture of you give your life away. As a family, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We're going to follow God and we're going to give our lives away through discipling and mentoring. We just had, right before we met you, we had coffee with our middle daughter who's in college. She's juggling putting herself through school and job and all of that. And she was going, after we saw her, to mentor another young college student who's a freshman. And we have a 19-year-old who's taking a gap year. She doesn't know what she wants to do, but she's pouring into younger high school girls. And then we see our oldest daughter who's a second grade school teacher every day, giving her life away to those students, but meeting with other young women. The joy of seeing that, that legacy, as you've said, with your sons Mm -hmm. and to see our children's children's children, that's a promise God says. Mm -hmm. And so going back to that scripture about the one becoming a thousand and a small nation, you know, just that's a promise. If we do it, the promise of God Mm -hmm. is true. Yes. Yeah. And our girls are not doing this because mom and dad said to. We didn't tell them to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's such a, it is a huge privilege and a gift. Steve, we want to thank you for making time to see us. And I just can't help but think to those who are listening to hear um, how God intervened in your life through these men, how they poured their lives into you, and then how you have given your life away to others, how we've just sat here and never once, listeners don't know this, you, you didn't have a Bible. That, <laughs> these scriptures are just coming out from that place where they're protected in your heart and spirit. And it's just a testimony to making intentional decision to follow God, to read his word, to study it, to apply it. I've been encouraged. So I just want to thank you for your time and your testimony. And as we wrap up, as always, if anything you heard today resonated with you and you'd like to find out more about Steve, we'll list that in the description with JASCO and what they're doing. Um, If you want to find out more resources from Fahrenheit, our nonprofit, um, that information will be listed in the description. So, Steve, thank you. Chris, anything else? Sounds good. Thank you, Steve. Thank you all so very much. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org.